hello and welcome in again to the Worship Life Podcast with Mike Harland. Special bunker editions here uh, during this COVID-19 pandemic. And we appreciate all of you for staying with us and learning a new way for us to be able to stay connected during this time. Today, we've got a very special podcast for you. Mike Harland recently uh, joined back up with Kurt Kirkland, who we've had on the podcast before. Uh, Kurt, as many of you know, in addition to his singing and arranging abilities, is also a counselor at his church, a licensed counselor. And Mike and Kirk wanted to talk about uh, the effects of this uh, current crisis on people. And then from a theological perspective, the way God can somehow sometimes use those crises uh, to actually make us grow. So they're going to talk about this from both the perspective of the counselors and the perspective of theologians and musicians. So it's a wonderful, rich conversation. And we're going to let you listen to it right now. Well, I'm with my good friend, as Brian has introduced him already, and by the way, a somewhat frequent guest of uh, Worship Life Podcast, uh, my friend Kirk Kirkland. Hello, everyone. Uh, so, Kirk, we're quarantined, so what are you doing today to practice social distancing? Are you uh, well, following this, the rules? I am following the rules. I have to be honest, this is going to sound really bizarre, uh, but I am literally in my car in my garage <laughs> in in the in the basement of my house that's how socially distant i am right now well uh i hope julianne your wife will be, at least be able to get some food out there to you <laughs> <laughs> yeah she all of a sudden the door will open and i see something you know fly out real quick and then the door closes again this is where i'm no so tim, kirk tim henning told me to be uh, in the quietest place I could find, and this was it. So. Oh, well, yeah. Well, I mean, we and we all do what Tim Henning says. I mean, that's that's just <laughs> that's just what the rule is around here. He's in charge. So I want to re- remind people why we wanted to talk to you today. Because, uh, okay. y- you know, we can think of Kirk Kirkland a lot of ways. You are a songwriter, and we have loved your music and your songs. You're a singer, and, and we have heard you sing many, many times. There are folks that that are a part of our Red Red Box Score Club have heard you a whole lot more than they know they've heard you because you or sing. want to, yeah. You, you, virtually, you sing virtually. Very few things ever recorded by Lifeway Worship that Kirk Kirkland is not singing on, or in many cases, you're even the person that has put the singing group together. And so you're, you have such right. an influence on our music, both as a creator, but also as a singer, as an arranger, I mean, on and on. But Thank and you're a worship that means pastor. A lot to me. Appreciate that. Yeah, yes. and, that, and and you're a worship pastor, so you're dealing with what worship pastors deal with. You lead worship at Judson Baptist, a great church here in Nashville. Yes, uh, but church. all of that is um, you also are a counselor. You your master's degree yes. is in counseling, and uh, that's true. And you talk to people about life uh, from a very yes. spiritual and biblical worldview. So we wanted to talk to you today uh, because uh, if we ever needed some voices speaking, some reason to all of us as we navigate uh, really unprecedented uh, challenges in ministry right. Right. Uh, for church leaders, um, we probably ought to talk to somebody that can help us deal with all that. But before I get to some of that, I also want to tell people, if you have not seen the video uh, that my friend David Wise and Garth oh, yeah. Justice, mm-hmm. uh, it's David's arrangement. Garth was right. kind of the engineer behind the scenes. Engineer, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so for you people that are listening to this, Garth, the way you'd know him, uh, probably you've experienced him. He's a great drummer, 
And he very often, if you go to anything that Keith and Kristen Getty are doing, very often it's Garth on the drums. So I'll just right. give that perspective. But he, he's a contributor, is a great musician and contributor. And his wife is one of the great singers that sings on so much. Uh, David engineered and produced something that, uh, excuse me, Garth engineered and produced something that David arranged and kind of pulled together with about 31 or two voices of, of people that sing here in Nashville on much of the Christian music that's produced. Kirk, you're one of those people on that video. And you guys did a video of, of David's arrangement of It Is Well With My Soul that yes. has kind of taken the world by storm. So I realize I'm going around my elbow to get to my thumb here. That's where my <laughs> grandmother would say it. But, right. but if you folks out there listening to this podcast haven't heard it is well with my soul. If you just did a Google of a of the of the uh, Nashville singers video, you'd find it pretty quickly because it's Kirk. How many times has it been streamed at this point, as far as you know? Well, you know, it was on a local uh, news kind of show, Talk of the Town, here in Nashville a couple of days yeah. ago, and on that show. The lady that sort of introduced it, she in, she interviewed David and Laura, you know that that are um, that sort of produced yeah, it together. Yeah, Laura Cooksey was helping him. Yes, right. um, their company, Ten Two Six Music. Yeah. They uh, they interviewed them, and the lady that introduced it said almost five million views, and oh, I had not goodness. heard that. Yeah, I hadn't heard that number. That that blew me away. So uh, if that's true, that's really remarkable. Yeah. So so uh, I hope the folks listening to this podcast, many have probably already heard it. But if you haven't, as soon as this podcast is over, find this video that's on everywhere, <laughs> and uh, it is well with my soul. And and you'll see Kirk right in the middle of that uh, because you were part of that team that put that together. Okay, I, I had to throw that Blessed out there. Blessed to be. And my wife's in there too. At the oh, end, Julianne's the in there too. So uh, yeah, how cool and is some that? other folks you know that that uh, these folks listening might know so yeah, uh, yeah that's, it's that's so cool i hope it's a blessing uh, to people so cool. that's and the great segue honestly mike because really what we're talking about is this being th- that that it's well with our souls even yeah. though it's not well in so many other ways you know yeah so kirk just from your perspective as a worship pastor as a as a professional musician who's dealing with the realities of Recording sessions are canceling, and and right. and and tours are canceling, and Christian artists are not singing anywhere because people can't gather. Uh, right. On and on and on. And then, as a worship pastor, uh, call out some of the things that you're experiencing personally that you're dealing with that that you think a lot of us would probably identify with. Thank you. I will. And I've been really thinking about this, knowing that we were going to talk about it today, and try to be, you know, somewhat universal in my comments because. What we're experiencing today around the world is more universal than I think anything, certainly in my lifetime, but I've talked to people that are 70, 80 plus years old that are saying the same thing, never seen anything like this in their lifetime. And uh, so I think truly unique and universal in the sense that everyone around the world in in some way is exposed, or at least the vast majority of the population around the world is experiencing some of the very same things. And I think that that does, uh, that's bizarre, (laughs) you know, Uh, it's bringing humanity together, um, uh, at least in a way that we're all thinking about some pretty big idea, universal themes um, in in a way that, that I, that maybe in history we never have. So that's, that's remarkable. And I, and I want us as ministry leaders to be, I want myself, I, I want to be careful, I'm not preaching here, I'm, I'm just talking. Um, I want to make sure that I am really aware 
of what God is trying to do um, in the midst of him getting our attention like this. Hmm. Uh, so I don't want to miss that. That's as a ministry leader, you know, that's, that's probably first on my mind. And of yeah. course, the, the, it, it, from a ministry perspective, what's right in front of me is that at my house, we have three young children. So we have <laughs> exactly. an 11-year-old, a 9-year-old, and a 6-year-old. And so there is, there is no shortage of noise and activity and <laughs> hustle and bustle happening um, within the four walls of our home. And I'm sure that's true for many people uh, who are listening today. So depending on your stage of life, you know, it may be that you have more noise in your world than you've ever had, you know, and you can't find a quiet place, or you may live alone. And, you know, some of the folks that I'm most concerned about today uh, are the ones who are single, young, you know, um, maybe in the midst of their career or a college student or something, but they're sort of stuck somewhere truly on their own. And I think, um, you know, the words that we're hearing so much these days, stay at home, um, social distancing, mm-hmm. quarantine, really all of those um, add up to isolation. And psychologically speaking, isolation is, is honestly one of the most challenging, if not um, uh, damaging um, things that can be true, can be said of us. We yeah. are not created to be isolated. We yeah. are created for relationship. And so that's, that's where I'm finding myself, not only with my family, trying to, trying to steward those relationships better and differently and, and whatever needs to happen there in my own world and my family, but, but as a ministry leader, you know, I, I can't see these people that I love that are my church family that I'm trying to shepherd, but how can I be as intentional as possible to not be isolated from them and not hopefully let them feel isolated wherever they are? You know, Kirk. I mean, you've hit on some of the, some some really important things that we all need to be reminded of. I, I'm finding myself just to kind of put put my story in part of this narrative, uh, wanting to reach out to people and connect with people, and maybe using the technologies that are available to us, it may actually be that I am connecting with more people personally right, right now than I was before all this happened. Um, I instituted I a couple of things with my team a couple of weeks ago um, that that I look back on and just thank you, Lord, for putting this in my heart to do. But all of my conversations right now are happening via video conferencing. Right. I'm not settling for phone calls right now. Uh, uh, right. Uh, even conversations that before I would have had just on the phone out of convenience. Sure. Maybe I'm driving somewhere and I just, you know, I, I want to just have a conversation real quickly with someone. I call them on the phone or maybe even a conversation I might've had via text or email. I am purposefully making those conversations video conferencing and I am finding, I want to see people's eyeballs. I want them to see mine. I want to get a yes. sense of what their space looks like and what their day is going like and what the weather is where they are. And right. I'm and and I'm telling you, I'm finding, and I think it's just a natural instinct, both from I, I need that myself, but also as a leader, I'm man, I'm wanting to grab every sheep I can and get them as close to me as I can, and I have found right. the video uh, conferencing tool to be one of the most important things to me, and I think I know. all of that's happening in re, in response to the realities that you were just calling out. It absolutely is. And I love that you brought that up, Mike, because I think these technologies, FaceTime or Zoom, um, you know, whatever is most uh, 
readily available to you uh, as a leader, as a church leader, to connect with friends and family and church family in that way specifically is really important. And I had that written down because I think not only to hear a person's voice, because that can be distinctive and, you know, sometimes you hear a voice and you know exactly who that is, but to see their face and to see as you said, their eyeballs, but their expressions. Yeah. Um, you can you can read so much on a person's face as you're talking to them, and um, when you ask them, "Hey, how are you doing?" and you immediately see their face without them even knowing it, respond with an with an emotional expression. Yeah. That just on a phone call, it would just be silent for a second before they answer, but on that on that Zoom call or, or FaceTime, you see, you literally can see it. And as a ministry leader. That's been so important to me to be able to look at their face and know almost with the unspoken cues, oh, okay, I, I can see how they're doing. You know, yeah. I, I can almost see the, the, the fear or the anxiety or the weariness or on, on the alternative, the, the joy and the, 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 um, the peace and the calm uh, that I've seen and heard from so many people that are saying, man, this, this, this thing that's been thrust upon us here has really, there's some silver linings here. And I think we can all find them if we look. Yeah, I, I, I really, um, I actually blogged about this this week. And here's shameless plug number one, worshiplife.com, <laughs> our blog. Uh, and, and I blogged about this this past week about, it, it, it would be just, you were talking about uh, trying to figure out what God is doing. I think one of the things we can put to bed uh, and just go ahead and say that God is doing something. Yes. Um, I, I don't think we have to wonder whether or not God's doing this. Amen. Um, uh, you, you look in Psalm 66, I, I was reading this recently, and uh, it says, verse 10, Psalm 66, 10, says, For you, God, tested us. Mm. You refined us as silver is refined. You lured us into a trap. You placed burdens on our backs. Mm. I mean, the psalmist is saying, hey, these hard things that we're going through, you did it, God. Yep. And I think we look at the story of Job and we look at, we, we can look all the way to Jesus in the garden. Uh, God, this is not something that's happening to God. This is something God is causing to happen. Right. Uh, and one, uh, Psalm 107, um, I love the, part of that where it talks about the seamen going out to the sea and how God stirred up the storm to test them and to challenge mm, them. Right. And, and, and listen, uh, God's the author of this. He's the, he's the author. And so we know he's doing it. We know he's doing it for a reason. We just don't know what the reason is. And, right. And we've got to navigate, but we see some things and you've already referenced this and I want to just ask you to elaborate on it. You sure. said, there are already some benefits that you're already seeing and experiencing that are growing out of this. I'd love for you to talk more about that. What do you see the positives already in your own experience uh, that's coming out of this thing? That's a great word, Mike, because, you know, it's heresy, honestly, to, for us to say that good things come from God and bad things come from the enemy. Um, that Because it's how we define good and bad that, that could be the error. You know, um, hard things come from God, like you've just said, and, mm-hmm. and why? Why do hard things? Because that's how we learn yeah. and grow. Um, sure. You know, uh, as Gloria Gaither, I remember hearing her say years and years ago, the purest water um, breaks forth, you know, from, from out of the rock. Um, yeah. And I'm probably paraphrasing that wrong, but the idea yeah. being, you know, that when we struggle is when we grow strong. And mm-hmm. that's so important. And God, I thank you right now that you're allowing us to struggle because, you know, 
I've, I've said this several times, and this is an answer to your question, by the way. It sounds like I'm wandering, but um, <laughs> the spiritual benefit uh, of a time like this, although a time like that, that sounds so funny because we've never experienced a time like this exactly, but yeah. the spiritual benefit of things that are difficult um, is that we seek the Lord and we grow closer to Him and we, and we know yeah. His heart and we have His mind and we capture in some ways, some sense of who we really are differently than, than we would when things are easy uh, and smooth and comfortable. And boy, that's important. And I think it's remarkable that I know our church here in Nashville, Judson Baptist, we in February went through a 21-day, uh, no, 20-day, I forget. I think anyway, it was called Reset. We went through a, a book as yeah. a church and, and prayed through. It was 20 days of prayer. And then at the end of the month, we went through a week of prayer and fasting as a church. And we are by no means the only church that did this this year. I think it was maybe because it's 2020 and, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of a milestone year. And so a lot of, ch- I mean, everybody that I work with that is from different churches, really, almost everyone said, hey, our church is doing this or our church is doing 40 days of prayer. Or, our mm-hmm. church is doing a 21 yeah. day fast. Or, and it was, it was across the board, all, all different yeah. kinds of churches. And here yeah. we are now at the end of that season and look what God's brought on us. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you something, Kirk. I want to, I want to show you, I want to, I want to call out an example of the very thing you just talked about. And, and I got this year, I heard this years ago from a preacher named Chuck Swindoll. He's pretty good. Oh man. Check him out. No joke. Um, years ago, I heard him preach a sermon about this. And, and ever since I've dug into this story to try to understand it better, better for myself, but the God put it in Elijah's heart to go to the king and to say to him to his face, it's not going to rain. Mm. And and then the Lord led him to the brook to wait at the brook. And, of course, the beautiful story there in First Kings, the ravens come and they feed him. Mm-hmm. But you keep reading that chapter. A year later, after Elijah had prayed that it wouldn't rain, and Elijah prayed, God, don't let it rain. And he was prompted by God to do that, to pray that prayer. And God answered it and brought the famine. A year later, the brook dries up. Mm. Well, the brook, the, the reason the brook dried up is because he had prayed it wouldn't rain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it hadn't rained in a year. Right. And, and, and the point that Swindoll made so many years ago that's just grabbed my attention, and it's a per- perfect biblical example of what you just said. The, the brook drying up was the answer to the prayer Elijah prayed the year before that it wouldn't rain. Oh, wow. Right. So, so think about all the churches that are praying, God, bring revival, revival, revival. Yes. Would you revive our church? Would you revive our land? And then, and then this calamity has hit us. Yeah. And, and what the person of faith can see and can say with confidence is these are not isolated events. Right. That the prayer of God's people asking him to move and the calamity that the world is facing are directly correlated with each other. Now, I, 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 I have another. I know you're the guest, but but you've you've stirred me here. So I've got to keep going. Yeah. So I have a personal story of God doing this in our in my life. Mm. Many years ago, Teresa and I were celebrating our 15th wedding anniversary, and we went on a little bit of a marriage retreat. And in that marriage retreat, we just kind of reset. We said, we've been married 15 years and it's been good. What would it take for it to be great? Mm. What, what, what would take our marriage to another place? And we began to pray that in August, right on our anniversary time of August of 96. 
Well, in January of 97, she was diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm-hmm. So guess what breast cancer did to our marriage? Oh, right. Her breast cancer became, and it, and they, it isn't one-to-one correlation, right. but the, the, the journey we walked through with her breast cancer was the answer to the prayer, take our marriage from good to great. Mm. And, and I'm telling you, the church can rest assured that God has heard every prayer we've prayed yes. and that he is answering them even though the sky's dark, the economy's crashing, and this virus is going and we don't know what's going to happen. God is still guided and he is faithfully hearing the prayers of his people and he is in this and he is answering it. And I think the person of faith can make that assumption with a lot of confidence. Amen. I agree completely. Well, we're going to need to press pause right there. Hate to stop that discussion. It's so rich. But we've got all of it. It just goes on a little long. So we've decided that we're going to make it in two parts. Uh, Kirk wanted to make sure, he and Mike both, that you could reach out to him directly. You know how to reach us by emailing worship at lifeway.com. But you can also reach Kirk directly, Kirk.Kirkland. That's Kirk with a K and Kirkland with a K. Kirk Kirkland at judsonbaptist.com kirk.kirkland at judsonbaptist.com if you'd like to reach out to him directly if you'd like to give us feedback worship at lifeway.com and Mike sees those and I do as well if needed and so you can also join us of course at worshiplife.com where you can find the blogs and the podcast and on social media until next time for Mike Harlan this is Brian Brown saying thanks for joining us on the Worship Life Podcast with Mike Harlan we'll be back together to talk about worship and music and ministry very soon Mm -hmm.